I'll say this. If I wasn't a diehard Celtics fan, I would be rooting for the Heat to win it all this year. They are well-coached, deep. They play extremely hard. They don't flop. I know we're used to seeing Kyle Lowry and company for a series just flopping all over the place. The Miami Heat, they don't do that. They'll complain a little bit, but they never flop. And Jimmy Butler, the bad dude. Just seemed like he paced himself that whole game, waiting for those big moments at the end of regulation and overtime. He mostly facilitated. When he got the ball in the middle, he was either getting to the hoop or dishing it to someone or kicking it out for a wide-open three for Tyler Hero, who just kicked our ass tonight. And he picked his spots. And when he wanted to win, (laughs) he just hit some tough shots, man. I said it to a few chats I was in tonight. It didn't even look like the guy broke a sweat through regulation, so it didn't seem um, it didn't seem like it was going to end well for the Celtics with Jimmy Butler's temperament. He's definitely the best closer on the court. Um, but man, the Celtics, I thought they gagged one away tonight. The last two possessions of regulation were absolute garbage, and they were not the way the Celtics normally play under Brad Stevens. It was hero ball, the first possession with Kemba Walker, who just dribbled the ball between his legs back and forth for about 12 seconds while Jay Crowder was guarding him, looking like you know, a bad James Harden impression out there, and then finally decided to take Jay Crowder off the dribble with like five seconds left on the shot clock from almost half court. Like There's not enough time to do your stop and goes and your fake, and all your fakes and all your moves, and he gets to the, almost to the pain, just... Jay Crowder just engulfed him. He had nowhere to go. Shot clock violation, buddy. Awful possession. And then with about, I don't know, 12 seconds left to go in the game. Again, Kemba's out there dribbling between his legs, dribbling between his legs. All right, finally Tatum comes over and sets the pick so they can get the switch and get the ball to Tatum. And then Tatum is forced to take, because he got the ball so damn late, is forced to take like a 30-footer and comes up short on it at the buzzer. And again, that's not really the way the Celtics under Brad Stevens play their best ball. They pass, screen away, pass, move, handoffs, back cuts. And I realize when it's winning time, you do want to get it to your best, your two best guys that can create for themselves, which is... Understandably so, Kemba and Tatum. But the clock management was terrible, and the decision-making was very bad by those two. Very disappointing to see. Um, and, you know, you got to give... you got to tip your hat to Miami and Bam Adebayo on that last block at the end of overtime to win the game, to seal the game. Brilliant play by Kemba Walker to drive... Um, the Miami defender right into Marcus Smart to get the foul call. So Jason Tatum goes to the free throw line for a dead ball foul, hits the free throw. So Celtics get a side out, get the ball to Tatum, and Tatum actually does a really nice job of blowing right by Jimmy Butler, being more more assertive, aggressive, a little earlier in the shot clock. Gets what he thought would have a free, a free lane to the hoop, and Bam Adebayo just rotates over. Jason Tatum cocked it back, <laughs> which I think everyone watching the game thought that was a 
Easy dunk. Okay, Celtics going to win this game and just gets rejected, or at least tied it. I think at that situation, they were down by two, right? They were down by two. I don't know. I'm confused in the last couple of plays. But Celtics were down by two. Tatum taken to the rack, and Adebayo rotated over. Beautiful block with his left hand. You know how hard that is to do? You know how strong Bam Adebayo has to be, especially since Jason Tatum has, has the ball behind his head ready to just tomahawk it down on him and bam just comes over with his left hand deflects it out gotta give him credit there what was annoying about that is well not that but earlier in the overtime brad stevens reaching trying to get something out of his team kemba walker does a awful job trying to flop i believe on jimmy butler and it was clearly a block and foul Okay, so Brad Stevens decides to challenge, and there was just no shot. It wasn't even a debatable call. It was clearly a block. So when you challenge and lose in the NBA, in most sports, if you challenge and lose, you lose your timeout. So the Celtics don't have a timeout at the end of the game when Bam Adebayo gets fouled after that block, right? And he misses the first, makes the second. So now there is 2.5 seconds left or whatever it was. Celtics are down by three. They have to throw a full-court bomb to Tatum. And he damn near makes the shot. But if Brad doesn't challenge that play, that flop by Kemba Walker, they'd have a timeout left and you can advance the ball into the front court. I just thought Brad didn't... And I love Brad. And I love Eric Spoltra. I think it's a really good coaching matchup. Um, But I just thought Brad kind of shit his pants tonight with some of those decisions down the stretch and some of his lineups. And I understand Tice was in foul trouble a little bit in the first half, but a little too much small ball and, I don't know, other weird lineups that I'll get to. Um, But listen, at the end of the day, you really do have to tip your cap to Miami. They're gritty. They're fun to, again, if... If this was any other team but the Celtics, I'd be really happy for the Heat. They go about 10 guys deep. There's no holes. Everybody on that roster provides something a little different that all seems to work together. Spolster does a great job coaching them up. Riley did a great job building the team. And what about Jay Crowder, who, since the Celtics traded him, you wonder if he was still in the league anymore. He went to Cleveland for Kyrie, fizzled out there. I think he went to Utah, didn't do much there. Maybe Memphis after that, didn't really hear much from him there. And then now in Miami, he's a starter. Hit How many threes did he hit tonight? Probably like four or five, just sticking it to his old team. And you got to give credit to Riley and Spolstra for making this work. And Jay Crowder with a great game for the Heat. Um... And what's annoying about it is if you're the Celtics or a Celtics fan, a win tonight really would have been like playing with house money. You would have given yourself one more game, another game cushion, hopefully getting Gordon Hayward back at some point this series. So rather being rather than being up one nothing, you're down one nothing. And I don't think Gordon Hayward's gonna be ready by Thursday. I don't even know if he's going to be ready by game three. But have, had you stolen one of these early ones and you get him later, 
it would make all the difference in the world because some of these lineups that the Celtics were putting out tonight, once you get into that bench of the Celtics, it's dicey, man. I mean, you've got 25 minutes tonight out of Brad Wanamaker. Grant Williams and Sammy Ogilvy both had to play 10 minutes apiece. It gets really thin once you get past that starting five, and especially in a game where Kemba and Jalen Brown were pretty non-existent for most of it. Having Gordon Hayward there is just going to put a Band-Aid on, on these depth issues. So, you know, it's a bummer we let this one slip away. You, you hope they come back resilient in game two and, and make this a series. Um, but to start the game, I mean, Celtics came out firing offensively. Up, I believe it was 8 nothing to start. But you saw it in those first couple possessions, and even with Kemba Walker out there, how long they are. The first couple possessions defensively, the Celtics stood there in defensive stance, man-to-man, arms out. They switched everything. They just suffocated the heat. And imagine having Hayward out there in that mix. I mean, I know I was imagining it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's a good effort kind of wasted tonight. But... They're resilient. They've done this before. They've wasted a few in the Toronto series. So I'm not totally uh, ready to ready to say that they blew the whole series in one game. But this was one that you really could have had. Marcus Smart, first half, unbelievable. Really, really good game. 26 points. Shot almost 50% from threes. And that's what always worries me about Marcus Smart when he's shooting that well. And I said this to a few of my buddies tonight is... I don't even know how to analyze it. Like, oh, it's good that he's shooting this well. But you saw it at the end of that first quarter. Like, I think he hit three threes early, and then he just never stopped shooting. And, you know, we've all been there. Anyone who's a hooper, you start making a couple, you think you're entitled to take the next couple, the next few after that, and maybe even a couple more after that because, hey, I, you know, I hit three early, and Smart will do that. And there was a situation in that first quarter where – it was like a four-on-two advantage for the Celtics, and Marcus Smart pulled, pulled up for a three and missed it badly where he had Jalen Brown wide open under the basket, and Jalen Brown was pissed, and rightfully so. But Marcus was like, hey, you know, I just made three out of my last four shots. So you see it both ways, but with Marcus, he's not always a consistent shooter. He's streaky, and when he's on, he's on. I mean, he literally won us a game in the Toronto series, so... I get it. If he's got it going, go. But he does sometimes have to give himself the yellow light or red light sometimes when he's, you know, misses one or two in a row. But, you know, you take the good with the bad with Marcus, obviously. He's the heartbeat of the team. Jason Tatum, God, he's a superstar. 30 points, 14 rebounds, five assists. And he just has this Paul Pierce-like progression to me where when he was a rookie, when Pierce was a rookie and Tatum was a rookie, you just watch and say, oh, oh, he's better than I thought. He really belongs. And as each year goes by, you become more and more impressed. And I think this is year three or four with Tatum. And um, he is just, he's excellent. I mean, there's really nothing he can't do. Um, That sidestep three-pointer he hits all the time, I was messing around in my backyard tonight getting a little workout in. And I was practicing it because it's it's a weird, it's like a new age move. Like 
kind of how the Euro step was like 10 years ago and the step back has become so popular. Jason Tatum has made this shot fake, like one dribble to the left or to the right shot popular now. And it's very difficult and it requires a lot of balance, but his upper body when he shoots is always so balanced. That's why he's such a great free throw shooter and mid-range and deep. And his ball handling just keeps getting better and better. And yeah, he could have been a hero with that blow by of Jimmy Butler, but Bam Adebayo did save the day there. But you see a lot of Paul Pierce with Tatum as far, you know, as far as his um, progression goes from being a rookie into his third year now. And uh, the guy's just going to be a superstar if he isn't considered one already. Daniel Tice, the only guy that really had a substantial plus minus tonight was him. But his problem is, and it's always been, is his affinity to grab a bunch of fouls. So he fouled out tonight. And I was wondering in the end of that second quarter, like, why wasn't he out there? Because I was doing bedtime and such. So I wasn't as glued in as onto the game as I normally am. And I was wondering why they had such a weird lineup out there. And, you know, sure enough, Tice was in foul trouble. He needs to be able to play. His stats were not good. But when he's out there, he gives the Celtics the ability to really switch everything. He's a little bit of a threat from three. He crashes the boards hard. He defends well. He runs the floor. He was a plus 12 tonight. I think the next best guy was like a plus three, and that was Tatum. So it, it pays to have him on the floor. But he can't play if he's fouled out or in foul trouble. Kemba Walker, 19 points, but on 19 shots, which is grossly inefficient. One for nine from three. He has to be better. Gives you hope late. I would have agreed. I would have liked to see him actually have the ball more down the stretch. If you're going to play that hero ball, which I don't love, but Kemba is the best at it. That one time when... He went a little bit too late at Jay Crowder. Was was his fault. I think the clock in his head was moving too slow. But instead of that Tatum 30-foot bomb, I would have had rather seen um, Kemba Walker go at Derrick Jones instead of Tatum. But I digress. I mean, I mean, it's three bad games in a row for Kemba. He just he needs to be better. That's bottom line. Jalen Brown, quietly 17 points. Just a block game, right? Like, yeah, okay, he... A lot of times he, he he didn't. I feel like he didn't play as much because he really wasn't doing jack. Um, Wanamaker, for him, this is an excellent game. Eleven points, six assists, five steals. But it still sucks that he has to. We have to rely on him for twenty-five minutes. And there were times where he was really just giving us more than Kemba, um, which should never be the case with the way those two guys get paid and what your expectations are. And again, we need Hayward back, so we don't need Wanamaker to give us as much as he's giving us. We're playing with um, house money with Wanamaker. I mean, eventually this thing is going to, you know, he's going to turn into a pumpkin sooner or later. Here's who I think needs more minutes. Robert Williams. He's earned his minutes in the bubble because of his energy plays. He rebounds. He swoops in and dunks. He's super efficient. I wish Brad would have a little more trust in him instead of when Tice gets in these foul troubles in almost every single games a lot of times Brad will go small 
he went small a lot tonight with Walker and Wanamaker and Smart, which I didn't really care for. I would like to see Robert Williams get those minutes because on a missed shot, a lot of times Robert Williams is either getting the rebound or tapping it out. And defensively, he gives you that threat at the, uh, you know, the, the shot blocking threat. What he's not good at is he does leave his feet and try to block everything. And Miami is a little too smart for that. They will just give a little shot fake and get him in foul trouble. But he needs to play more than 11 minutes, especially if Tice is going to be in major foul trouble. Grant Williams is the king of the first half DMPCD, meaning did not play because coach didn't put you in, and follows that up by playing these clutch minutes down the stretch. He did it in game seven against the Raptors, and I was openly disagreeing with Brad in some of my chats. Like, why it's not fair to put Grant Williams in the game with five minutes left in game seven when he hasn't been in the game the entire night. But Grant Williams will give you that hustle play. He'll knock down an open three. I do love him, but I again, it is weird that he's not in your rotation, but you stick him in. You know, tonight he played major minutes in overtime. He played minutes in that fourth quarter where he didn't really play all night. Either work him in early or just go with the guys that have got you to that point. Adjustments for game two. I would just say, we need more time, Lord. Okay? Get Robert Williams in the game a little more instead of going small. That'd be one thing I would do. Try to get Jalen Brown going early. And I know he's not shy. He's going to shoot. Tonight, he was a I don't know. He just seemed a little passive. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. I guess when you have Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown both thinking they're Kobe, it's not a good thing. I think tonight was Smart's night to try to be Kobe, and Jalen Brown was a little more passive. But he just seemed a little invisible out there. And keep your foot on the gas when you have a lead down the stretch. I think there was under five minutes left. And the commentators were saying how Miami and Boston are both really good teams at closing out games that are within five points. And at that point, the Celtics were up by four. And I didn't feel good about it because all of a sudden, the Celtics took the air out of the ball and just dribbled around, dribbled around, you know, get that shot clock down and then take some awful shot with under five seconds left on the shot clock. When you are winning down the stretch in game two, hopefully you are, keep your damn foot on the gas, all right? Come on, Celtics, get your shit together. Thank you.